0: Our text this evening is Matthew 1, verse 21, one verse that we read earlier. The angel says to Joseph about Mary, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. When I was a boy, I was a big fan of Superman So it wasn't surprising that when the first Superman movie came out in 1979, Patty and I went to see it. I can still remember some of our discussion afterwards because we both agreed that the movie had what you would call messianic themes, the idea of a savior coming to earth. This infant comes to earth from outer space, he is brought up by lowly farm parents in obscurity in... A farm in Kansas, somewhere. But then, when he's a man, he finally makes his public appearance. And you know the story. He starts doing good deeds. He thwarts the evil deeds of the bad guys. But one bad guy, Lex Luthor, is especially tough. And for Superman, everything starts to unravel at the end as the movie unfolds. We see him struggling with his own self centered motivations, his self interest. You see, Superman might be able to stop bullets with his bare hand or run faster than a speeding locomotive. But when it comes to saving the world, he can only do so much. We might say he can deal with the symptoms, but he can't do anything about the root problem of sin. In fact, he can't even handle the sin in his own heart. What a contrast to the true Messiah, the one who came to save his people from their sins. The angel told Joseph to give him the name Jesus, which that word means savior or deliverer or rescuer. It was the same name as was given to Joshua hundreds of years beforehand or Yeshua as it might have been pronounced. That Old Testament leader who followed Moses in leading God's people into the promised land and saving them, delivering them from all their enemies. Jesus was to be the greater Joshua. He would deliver his people not merely from earthly enemies, but from the greatest enemy, the greatest bondage of all. He would save his people from their sins. When you hear the name Jesus, are you reminded of all that that name means? when you say his name, when you breathe his name in prayer, when you lift your heart in praise and thanksgiving, when you call upon Jesus in hardship and trial and suffering, do you somehow bring to mind at times the meaning of that wonderful name, Jesus, Savior, Deliverer? What a powerful cause of encouragement to all those who feel the burden of this broken world and the burden of their own sin, the glory of Jesus, the Savior of the world. As we think about that, I want to think about how he delivers us from sin and what that means. And we consider first, briefly, the problem of sin. We can't understand the words of the angel unless we understand something of this problem of sin. It's hard to Avoid the conclusion as we look at our world that there's something fundamentally wrong in our world. Just read the summary of the news, government gridlock, heartbreaking school shootings, abuse, greed, human trafficking, murder, people deeply disillusioned. We could say this every Christmas Eve. There's nothing new under the sun. And according to the Bible, the biggest problem Behind all of this is the problem of sin. And yet, that very concept of sin has become offensive to many in our day. It's seen as a quaint, outdated carryover from bygone years, often because people don't understand the full depth of meaning when the Bible speaks about sin. They see the Christian concept of sin as a superficial thing, breaking some rules, maybe God's rules, and certainly that is part of sin, breaking the law of God, outwardly violating God's law. But sin goes very, very deep into all of our hearts. In fact, the very first of the Ten Commandments is to have no other gods before God. What does that mean? It means we must not worship anything above God, even Good things, even good gifts of God. Think of it this way everyone gets their identity, their sense of being distinct and and valuable and having meaning from, from something. In the movie Rocky, Rocky's girlfriend asks him why it's so important for him to, quote, go the distance in the boxing match. And his reply is very revealing. He says, then I'll know I'm not a bum. Rocky, Rocky's basing his life and his identity and his worth on his boxing. In traditional cultures, the sense of worth and identity comes from fulfilling family duties and giving service to the community. In our contemporary individualistic culture, we look to status, achievements, approval from others, wealth, Facebook friends, power and control, love relationships, self-discipline, sports teams, and on and on. The list goes. Everyone is building their identity on something. And so what is sin? Sin could be described in, in some ways as simply building your ultimate sense of identity and meaning and worth on anything other than the true God. It goes to the matter of worship. Even if you say, I will not build my happiness or my significance on anyone or anything, then you're actually building it on your own independence and personal freedom. And the truth is, all other gods except the true God let us down. They can't carry the weight of worship and they lead to brokenness and bondage. They lead to emptiness and ultimately to despair. I used this illustration a few years ago, and a number of people responded to it. We were flying back a few years ago on a plane, and as we boarded the plane, we noticed a 60-something man come in, come in with a guitar case and sit in the seat in front of us. And we noticed that a buzz was going through the plane you know, people pointing to him and whispering. And the man next to me told us this is Robert Plant. He's the former lead singer and lyricist for the band Led Zeppelin. And you might know his song, Stairway to Heaven, is often chosen as the most famous and quintessential rock song of all time. And as we left the plane, of course, everyone was asking him to take selfies with them. And he he condescended to do that for a while. And I was thinking, as that word got around the plane, I thought, what's it like when you achieve your dream in life? I don't know about what Robert Plant would have said to that, but don't we see so many famous people, celebrities, searching for purpose still in their lives in some way? Because the great dream they were living for ultimately didn't fill the God-shaped vacuum in their Hearts. The problem of sin goes very deep in every one of us and we resonate with that famous saying of St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. One of my grandsons reminded me of the quote by Tom Brady, I think it was about 2005, the Patriots quarterback who's won six Super Bowls now, But back then, in an interview, he had this to say about life. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? And the interviewer asks, what's the answer? And Brady says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Interesting, isn't it? The problem of sin is that because of sin, we are alienated from the God who made us and our hearts are restless until they rest in him, in faith, in Christ. And that brings us to our second point. Jesus came to rescue us from our sin. And there are a number of aspects of this deliverance. One is that he rescues us from the guilt and penalty of our sins. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. This idea of being justified. And Romans goes on to say, Because of that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture is saying we are guilty. We are under God's righteous justice. But Jesus has taken our place. He has come. He's entered this world. He has kept the law of God perfectly, outwardly and inwardly in his heart on our behalf. And, and Jesus goes to the cross for our sins and takes our place. And so he received the condemnation that we deserved and bore it in our place. And so we receive peace with God And righteousness, the righteousness of Christ as a free, unmerited gift. Children, do you all have in your mind the number one gift you hope to receive tomorrow morning? Well, here's a question for you. Do you remember the best gift from two years ago now? Can you bring it to mind? Maybe so, but don't we all know how the gifts lose their luster? But not so with the greatest gift, the gift of the righteousness of Jesus Christ in our behalf, which gives us a restored relationship to, with God, peace with God eternally, to know the Lord and rejoice in the assurance of sins forgiven because of what Christ has done. You know, we all have a sense within us of the need for justice in this world. We love to see stories of evil being undone and every wrong receiving justice. But when it comes to the justice we all deserve, we tend to take a different view of things and we tend to excuse ourselves. But it's hard for us to believe that my sins deserve condemnation eternally, being separated from God. But we've all fallen short of God's glory. And that's what the Bible says about all of us. That's the hard news of the gospel. But the good news is that Jesus came to save, to rescue us from the guilt and the penalty of our sins. And Jesus also delivers us from the dominion, we might say the power of sin. He will save his people from their sins. Romans chapter 6, verses 5 to 7, put it this way, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Yes, for Christians, there's still a conflict with sin, with sin, with our remaining sin, but we're told in Scripture that the power of sin is broken in our lives and we can actually make progress in growing to be more like Jesus Christ. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of sin. It's it's as if sin was like a nuclear reactor within us going wrong, out of control. I was reading about the Chernobyl nuclear catastrophe and I learned that when that disaster occurred years ago, the power of that nuclear meltdown blew off a 200,000 ton composite lead cap. Can you imagine 200,000 tons? That's like 200,000 one ton vehicles blew off with a reaction. What, what power? Well, if the power of sin is like a nuclear di- disaster, Jesus is the de- deliverer who, in a sense, puts the lid back on and by his Holy Spirit transforms that person into something of blessing and increasingly showing forth the image of Christ. And so rightly we sing the hymn that says, born thy people to deliver, born a child yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. Jesus reigns in his people's lives, showing forth his grace. And finally, Jesus delivers us from the presence of sin itself and every consequence of sin Jesus came to save us from sin completely, from beginning to end, and this doesn't happen fully in this life, but Scripture assures us of the great promise that when we finally see our Savior face to face, sin will be no more. The Apostle John in 1 John 3 writes, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. There's no brighter hope for you and for me, those who are trusting Jesus Christ, even in the darkest suffering, than knowing that one day, every wrong will be made right. Everything broken will be made whole. Even death itself will be swallowed up in life, all because of the coming of Jesus Christ. Those who believe in Jesus know peace with God, know the forgiveness of sins, have a new power against remaining sin. It's like receiving the best Christmas gift ever. But it's like taking the rest of your life to fully use it or understand it or comprehend it. The closest I could get to it with a modern illustration, what if you get the iPhone 7 billion tomorrow? You know, and you don't even know, you have no comprehension of all the features involved The rest of your life, you're trying to figure it out. Jesus came to save his people from their sins completely. And here's the question I have for you Have you trusted in Jesus Christ and received him as your highest joy? Superman could fight criminals, but he couldn't overcome his own selfish heart. Jesus, the sinless Son of God, came to lay down his life that we might be freed from sin and so that we might know and love him and rejoice in him forever. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the good news of Christmas. We pray that for anyone here who has not entered into that joy, that you would give eyes to see the beauty and the sufficiency and the glory of the Son of God come in flesh.